Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening. This is Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley, Editor-in-Chief of Police One. Hi, right, welcome back. This is Jim Dudley. Jim, back in 2012, way, way, way back in 2012, the ICP reported that at that time, 75% of agencies were using social media for some degree of investigative work. Um, and that's 75% of those surveyed. I'm really not familiar with how many surveyed. I believe it was in the neighborhood of 600 agencies. Now that's, in, in four, four years of internet time is an awfully long time. So you fast forward to today, four years hence, you have to imagine that the use of, you know, internet searches on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and all of the other social media sites has to be increased considerably across the country. I, I know from having some exposure to a couple of the solutions that are automated that help investigators kind of do this really hands off. Um, that you really just sort of set up some parameters, whether it's geofencing or um, you know setting up searches for certain hashtags, you know for known known gang um, uh, affiliations, for example, or you know hashtag payback or you know those types of those types of uh, search tools and uh, information just sort of pours into your desktop. That's that's one of the ways in which this stuff is happening out there. But another one that's important is. You know, just good old-fashioned investigative work, good old-fashioned police work done by individuals, you know, really fishing around on the Internet, looking at the people, the known, you know, known offenders, looking at their websites. It's commonplace for, for some of these folks, particularly gang members, to, to post, you know, highly incriminating and oftentimes hilarious um, photos of themselves with, the, you know, the guns, the drugs, the money, the, the whatever the booty they've gotten. Um, famously, a woman, um, I believe it was in Florida a couple of years ago, uh, posted a, a, um, a periscope, which is another of the social media type capabilities. It's a video type thing. Posted a periscope of herself um, driving drunk. Um, now, periscope is live, so the cops knew that this was happening right <laughs> then. And so 20 minutes later, she's in jail. Nice. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, criminal. If, if, if it weren't for dumb criminals, we'd be kind of a little bit bored sometimes, right? Absolutely. If, even two months ago, we had the... The armed robbery pair, the uh, male-female duo, completely tatted out, and the guy uh, puts—I believe it was on Facebook—puts puts, uh, post pictures of himself after just robbing a bank with a wad of money in his mouth, holding a gun. And uh, needless to say, with all the tattoos on his face, he was identified pretty quickly and summarily arrested and prosecuted. It's it, it, it's sort of astounding at how stupid sometimes these folks are, but you know, let's let's also give credit to the officers who are really paying attention to this stuff. I mean if 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 the if these resources, investigative capabilities were ignored you know, then, you know, you might have that guy getting away with a little bit more than he, he did. But, you know, we've got people um, who are very, very savvy Internet users, Facebook users, Instagram. They, they, they're particularly our younger generation officers and many of the officers and kind of the older generation who are getting really into it, um, you know, by virtue of uh, practice and, and on their own self. Uh, you know, they're, they're being creative and, you know, like, for example, posing as someone else on the Internet and sending out, you know, friend requests and what have you. You, you have the ability to, to, to get a lot of information because these folks are posting it. It's public. It's not, you know, it's, I've said this for many years. MySpace is not your space. It's the public space. Once you post it on MySpace, for example, uh, which I don't even know, frankly, still exists um, or, or any of these sites, it's no longer yours. It's everybody's. And. I, I certainly hope, and I can't talk about, and I'm sure we shouldn't talk about a lot of investigative means that uh, law enforcement 
agencies are using to to ferret out these uh, criminals. But um, we started out pretty well with uh, tracking devices and things like the Stingray and and cell phone trackers that over time, um, maybe it was abuse or overuse that restricted their use. That They were found to be Fourth Amendment violation searches. And so now a lot of things that we used to do that we now are required to, to gain a search warrant for. Uh, the use of drones could be I'm sure it's already within that category. If you obtain a vantage point that is uh, other than what would normally be a public viewing space, then it's going to be deemed a search, and we're going to have to get a, a search warrant for, for using a, um, a, a drone. So I think, I think, on the other hand, I think there's a, a great horizon out there with uh, biometrics, becoming used more and more to identify faces, guns, mm. drugs and money, cars, uh, things of that nature. And um, it'll only be a matter of time before we can uh, plug in alerts uh, into our computers and tell them what we're looking for and these things will pop up for us. And, and I, you know, the future is now. Uh, only back in 2012, when I originally wrote uh, on this topic, um, there were only, to my knowledge, two really sad, you know, good, if you will, offerings that do the automated searches and do that. I didn't. I don't know if they even did the biometric face matching at the time, but that stuff is beginning to really happen now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'll not, not to endorse any one or uh, other over the, the next, but I'll name a few names here just so if you're out there, you're interested in trying to get some of these automated resources that can help you in your investigations, I'll just name a couple of them that are out there. Um, LexisNexis uh, is in combination with Digital Stakeout. They have a solution. Uh, which I've seen had some exposure to snap trends I'm not as familiar with. Um, there's one from Signal, uh, which is good. Uh, Life Raft, um, I'm a little bit familiar with, and, and one called Emotive, which is specifically looking at um, Twitter. And all of these, you know, now we're, we're talking about adding, of course, resources, which means, of course, budgeting for them and all of that. But, you know, when you start looking at how um, some of the automated systems can be beneficial to your investigation without a ton of heavy lifting on the part of your investigators. You know, you put in the parameters first, you put in the geolocations. So for example, you geofence known gang areas, you know, so in our city of San Francisco, you know, we know there are certain gangs in certain areas and the turf and the borders have been established for years. You know, they're being fought over all the time, but they're pretty well established. You can geofence in, the, in this, these systems, you know, when someone posts something from a known gang member in, a, in foreign gang territory, posts something to the internet with the term hashtag payback, you probably should send some enforcement out there to see if we can prevent that from happening, or at least be, you know, the most rapid, rapid responders there are. Sure. And it would be awesome to be able to use those things in a real time format and not post incident. I think that's happening. Uh, you said it's here already. I, I think with, I think we're we're opening doors to the cyber frontier, um, with the FBI cracking the iPhone, uh, with decryption methods um, being discovered by law enforcement, federal and local. I think um, we're going to have more access. I think we just have to tread carefully mm -hmm. and make sure we don't uh, make any milestone cases that change the way we do investigations. I think. We're going to have just a tremendous amount of material uh, that will make investigations easier. I just, I just 
uh, think we have to be careful not to abuse them. And we've seen it in the past. We've seen that, you know, the, the old adage, bad cops make bad laws. We, we overuse some methods and, and we end up losing them or, or get extremely restricted. So uh, the information is out there. I think anytime that you get the, quote, free app on your phone, it's only as free as far as how much information you put down and it makes you trackable. So when you do a search for uh, something you're interested in buying, a bow and arrow set or hiking boots or a snorkel, and the next time you get on your device, your iPad, iPhone, tablet, laptop, and all of a sudden you start to see advertisement for the things that you've been searching, that is a clue hmm. that says they're tracking your behavior on the net. Yeah. And you know the thing the thing though with the with the with the social media in particular. Now we're not talking about, you know, um, to use an old term hacking into someone's computer and getting onto their device without their knowledge. We're talking about stuff that they have of their own volition sent out into the world. You know, it's as if they're standing in the middle of the street screaming, I just robbed a bank, which right. is this guy with the with a wad of cash in his face, you know, tattooed face, you know, days after he just robbed a bank. Right. You know, it's effectively the same thing. So it's plain view, if you will, evidence that's just really difficult to find because of the massive volume of it. Sure. So it's it's finding those needles in the haystack, you doing it again manually as a really good investigator, knowing some of your suspects, digging deep into their Facebook pages if you have access to them, of course. Um, and, uh, and then using some of these automated type systems to allow those little spiders out there on the internet to go and find those little clues and those hard to find little nooks and crannies mm -hmm. of the internet yeah. and then automatedly send them to your inbox so you can then do the work of following up and investigating as to whether or not that's a, a real lead or if that's just a, you know, it's just another thing that didn't turn into something. Sure. And, and don't get me wrong when I, when I say, uh, the court may eventually weigh in on whether or not something's a search or not. I think you have um, civil libertarians out there who claim that an ALPR, an automated license plate reader, may be deemed a search. I don't agree with that because, like you say, if a car is parked on a public street or if you go through a toll booth or a bridge and an ALPR picks up a license plate in a location and it can be used later as evidence or uh, part of a conviction, then I think it's it's open source. So you're in plain view. I mean, if you're in plain view, you have very diminished expectation of privacy. Now, if we're in my home, your home, um, you know, certainly we can't have means by which without a warrant, you know, information is being gleaned through the walls or through, you know, some other such technological capability. That requires a warrant. That's a Fourth Amendment violation if you try and do that. But if you're out there on the sidewalk in front of your house, you know, where people, passersby, you know, people who are um, in, in neighboring homes can witness you doing one thing or the next, you should not have a reasonable expectation of privacy up to the curtilage of your home. I'm with you. All right. Well, we're going to take it and call that one a day. Jim, I'll talk to you again real soon. Take care.